The Academy of Esports podcast is brought to you by League Spot. League Spot, your brand, your league, your way. Welcome to the Academy of Esports with James O'Hagan. He's on fire. Boom shakalaka. Welcome to the Academy of Esports podcast, now powered by League Spot. League Spot, your league, your brand, your way. I am James O'Hagan. I am the host of the Academy of Esports, but also, and I feel it is important to note that I am also the vice president of education and innovation for League Spot. Uh, there seems to be going around in the community now. It's important to say where we're coming from and what we're doing, which makes sense uh, yep. that we share. You know that this this League Spot powered broadcast. I also work for the company. Uh, and with me today is Will English the Fourth. Will is a Southsider through and through. Though I, I am a little I, th- yeah, yeah yeah. I know I know. Those of us who are watching on the pod uh, on the on the stream will see that Will is very much wearing a Cubs hat. That is his. I, I'm not going to hold it against him uh, just because. Uh, yeah. What can tough. I say? I'm a failure to my family. I'm the black sheep. <laughs> well, Will, Will, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here today. Will English the fourth, not just uh, involved as a you know your your day job is software engineer, but you also now are are stepping out into the world of organization around fighting game community events. Uh, you've been doing this, I think, during the pandemic. But I think what's also important to note, and we'll get into this a little bit here later on and as we get going, but Will is also uh, has a background that I think high school uh, teachers, educators will respond to, especially when it comes to multimedia and event production um, that may have brought Will to this point of where he is right now. But before we get all into that, Will, we like to make sure that we get to know our guests here a little bit. And because you are new to the Academy of Esports, there are four questions that I gave you ahead of time to yep. kind of introduce, and we can always kick off with these. So kickoff question number one, Will, what is a game, and it doesn't have to be a video game, that stands out as having been important to you at some point in your life? Why was that experience meaningful? So going, going all the way back, uh, you know, it was getting, it was, learn to play quake like i I remember getting quake and not not just just kind of like walking around playing like every when 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 um dune came out right like i didn't have a powerful enough pc to play on it but like playing quake was like yeah you got through the through the uh the main missions and stuff like that but then like playing online and so then like you know you had to have a buddy with the isdn line so you have to have two phone lines going into the house and learning how to play but that's what i was like playing with my friends we had to land in the basement we were trying to learn how, how to play the game and then like playing online was a, a completely different experience but just like from there it was like man i just i would love to play this more and then as those games started to evolve and getting into into bigger spaces you know like i, I mean I, I grew up writing in the arcades and there's also like you know, a point in time where like the arcade experience was, was just as on par as playing at home but like mm-hmm. for me that game was like i could play competitively i could play online i tried to play other online games I went into college and i played it competitively and then counter-strike came out and so like that was just kind of like the start of the genesis for me of like man this is this new world and so meeting these new people and then like chatting online this is before all the tools and all the social media tools this was our social media this was our like a little community of gamers to play with but you had to play the game in order to be part of that community there wasn't really a lot of communication outside of it but like it started to evolve over time so that was like the, that was like kind of like the genesis of everyone call it of me being a competitive player well and you were in high school from 94 to 98 and i assume this is when you started playing quake was in high school is that correct yeah 
Yes, that was right. And what's interesting is I know that you you grew up mostly in Chicago, but you did move to Homewood for your uh, high school years. I always found because um, I spent a lot of time in Homewood Flossmore area, especially at that time. Um, it's amazing how in that community there was much, as you said, you had to have an ISDN line. You had to have interconnectivity. There were a lot of places, especially in the city of Chicago, that even to this day are still lacking some of these communications. So it's almost like the proximity of where you were and the access to what you had available to you helped to also not just Quake itself, but the fact that you lived in a community where you could get an ISDA, ISDN line brought in kind of has you where you are today. Just that yeah. simple fact. Yeah, I, I I feel for folks that don't have access to like, you know, and we were talking about broadband access. That's just dial-up access. That was just AOL sending your CD in the mail and taking over your phone line, which everybody had. But now broadband is, 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 is the bigger concern these days. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I remember getting my first internet connection and I'm just like, whoa, like I like just, just, just that statement alone, just thinking about how much, how lucky I was to have access to that and access to the larger infrastructure as well. But I mean, it still pales in comparison to the problems we're facing with today, but like access is definitely important. Just, 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 the beginning. I mean, computers are powerful enough now where you like you can buy a hundred dollar PC and, and still be effective and get online. You can even go to a library, but you know, that access to broadband, access to that larger network and bigger resources is going to be key going forward for the future. And here's the second question. Maybe it's totally eccentric or maybe it's quite traditional, but what is your superpower? What is that thing that you do better than most people? Or what do you wish you could do? Uh, it, so the biggest thing for me is I I uh, I have ADHD and I I I am going to talk about this later in mental health, but just like it's one of those things I never really embraced. Like being being a kid, like like and having that, like uh, there wasn't really a lot of focus in in in, in, in black communities. It, it was just meant that like it, it was a different kind of disease. Like it wasn't like something that like I would never identify with, but. With that comes the superpower of hyper-focus. And so I tend to be in like very complicated, very like you know, large structure situations. And I get to break it down into like smaller systems. And it makes sense to me. I can't explain to people in the moment. So like I remember um, working on a broadcast and having like three different screens, 17 different cameras, you know, you know this huge lifting of, of buttons. And for someone looking at that on the outside is very overwhelming. But for me, it was very calming. I'm sitting there like, okay, I, I know which buttons to press. I know, I know my workflow, but it's all in my head. But if you ask me to explain that moment later on, it's like, huh? Well, <laughs> I, I, I don't even remember. I just, I just, I just, I just moved, man. I just, I just executed. And so people see me on one side or the other. They either see me like kind of like doubting my abilities and not really being engaged. And so like, I'm like hyper-focused, engaged, and I'm just, I'm just going on autopilot at that point. And so like it, it's it's something that's been remarked to me no, no, multiple times. But just like if I had to explain it to someone, I, I, I really can't. It's just it's just I get into these situations and I, and I do. And I want to I want to, you know, like it's, I'm living on that edge of like, make, you know, getting through. And, and, and otherwise, it's, it's, it's catastrophic. But that's OK. You know, listen, I, I, I learned and I, I, I and I, I just embrace that about my personality. I don't I don't I don't shy away from it much anymore. Well, there's no reason to. I, I, I... At least I see that there's no reason to shy away from it. So, yeah, let's just embrace all of it. Yeah. Uh, third question. Name that one song. Whatever hits your speakers, you're going to sing along to it. Um, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, there, there, there's there's a, there's a lot of them, actually. Hmm. You know, I, I'm just going to go with um, Earth, Wind and Fire September. You know, it's like comes, it comes that's a quality. On that's a, yes, every time. Like, that's a quality pick right there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like I don't care where I'm at, where I'm sitting. I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm just singing it. And if you uh, folks who are listening to the podcast, if you have not checked out the entire catalog 
of Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> it is something to be celebrated, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, final get to know you question, but this will lead into uh, our other questions here. What is one thing about your field that surprises people when they first hear about it? Now, again, you coming up uh, home with Flossmoor High School on the south side of Chicago, the Chicago suburbs, has one of the most amazing multimedia programs and has for years. They have their own radio station. Uh, if you are in the Chicago market, you would know Jason Benetti, who is the the, uh, the announcer for the White Sox. He got his start at HF. Lawrence Holmes, who's on 670 The Score, he got his start at HF. Ben Bradley, who I think does Channel 7 weather. Uh, it's on Channel 9. Channel, oh, is he on Channel 9? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing weather forever. And uh, that program, I think, really spawned a lot. Um, but it is... I, I feel like I'm kind of jumping ahead here a little bit. I apologize. No but what's, what is that thing that surprises you? Because, again, you have this amazing background, these experience. But what is something that surprises you about the field that you're in right now? Uh, just like like how transferable those skills have been. To, to your point, like I did get lucky to work at the HF program. I mean, I, I did you know some radio station shows there. I I, I, did, I was on VTV, and I remember being so excited. I was like, here's this whole thing. But I got nervous. Like I, I never really embraced like being like on camera. I, 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 I like I wanted to, but just like every time I would freeze up and not know what to say. But like now from that experience, though, like I had to kind of like like melt into being an online personality and talking online and talking about my career because otherwise if I didn't right, no, no one would ever know. But the other important piece about that, too, is like. Uh, people are inspired by it because they see, you know, a black person on, on the screen and I make it a point to say, no, I'm here, I'm here and I'm president. So like, yeah, like all, you know, doing all that stuff way back in the day was like, like was, was kind of like the seed and the catalyst. And I just never, like, and I never allowed myself to kind of like, like, you know, grow those skills. But now in this online era where everybody can turn you know, anybody can create a Twitch channel and, and, and put something together. I feel like I've done something special where it's like, you know, the people, people see the finished product. People see like, you know, kind of like the, 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 the end result. But for me, it's like, man, no, I like, if I was thinking back in the day when I was in high school, like I would have never imagined I'd be doing this. Right. So it's like, it's, it's really cool to see that. Uh, you and me both. Of course, I'm much, much older than, well, no, uh, let's see. I'm only a little older than you. I graduated high school in 93, but I agree. Uh, even, you know, to say, oh, yes, I'm going to have my own channel. I'm going right. to produce mass content over four years or I'm going to run an event or whatever it is. These right. are things that when we were in high school, those were not things that were so easily put together. And I don't think teachers, parents, and students, even uh, kids uh, uh, under 18, realize just how uh, how much they can do right yeah. now that we could only dream about in a lot of ways. I mean, just, just I'll just give you like a highlight experience for me. I was standing on the floor of the Mandalay Bay, like on the floor, the history of the Mandalay Bay Arena. All the history that's happened in that place, right? And my name's in lights on, on, on the screen in the backwards, like that I've supported this event. And it's like 12:30 in the morning in Vegas. And I'm like, how did I get here? You know, like <laughs> like like I I only imagine like maybe I'll be able to throw out the first pitch at at, at Kabisky one day or kind of or, or, or Wrigley Field. That was be, I thought that would be like the pinnacle of my experience. But then I'm standing there, I'm like man, what am I going to do now? Because this, the, I thought this was going to be the, the, the best. And then it, it just keeps getting better. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's just unfathomable. Like, like, like if you'd ask me that, like, I'm like, whatever, you know, like, like, you know, my, my biggest thrill is like getting my name in the paper, you know, like somebody like, like covered me for an article. And I'm like, yeah, my name's in the paper. That's totally cool. But now it's, you know, I, I was part of a show that had, you know, 20, 30,000 
thousand views on on Twitch. I was on I was on ESPN for a short amount of time because I was doing this. Thing. You know, it's like it's just stuff like that where it's like, okay, whoa, this- whoa, whoa! You can't just gloss over like I was on ESPN for a short amount of time. I mean, yeah. Let Let's dive into this experience a little bit because again, <laughs> well, because again, one of the questions that we are exploring is one of the main challenges that you see right now in esports and gaming, especially you know you don't necessarily work full time in this at this time but uh let's talk about the challenges just to get to where you were yeah standing on the on the on the floor at the mandalay bay arena well one thing one thing i (laughs) will say i want to say how but that's a really big question and yeah yeah so to give you a little bit of context right like I have an entrepreneurial background. I've created my own business. You know, I've been doing that since I was like, like I call it hustle. I've been hustling since I've been 11, 11 years old. You know, first it was lawnmower. Second, it was like tech support. Third, it was like, you know, selling things door to door and everything else. And so I know that's like a foundation, but that's not everything. Right. And then when I got into esports, what I try to tell people is like, listen, I started by, I, I got really lucky in a, in a friend of mine ran Frosty Faustings. He's like, his name's Elvin, um, Mike Bozar, Elvin Shadow, you know, he created this Frosty Faustings event. And I just happened to be friends with these folks in college. You what know, kind of running, event was this? I'm sorry. Uh, fi- yeah, I'm sorry. A fighting game tournament that's uh, it's every year in January in the Chicagoland area. It's mostly focused on anime fighting games. So if you imagine Guilty Gear and, and those like for, for those, those folks watching, you're talk- we're talking about fighting games as in Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. Those are the more like, you know, prominent and, 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 and more more recognizable you know, titles, but there's a kind of a subgenre of folks that are games that have come from Japan and weren't as accessible in the United States. Mm. But um, I start, I, I got literally lucky in that particular instance, but like over time, you know, I've been running events, you know, I was a DJ. I was like, um, I was just doing all these things that like were adjacent to, you know, the space that I'm in now, but over time I had an interest in it and then the like, interest went away. You know, I had a passion about it, but it's just like logistics or like, you know, I was working in anime conventions and comic book conventions. And so like, I just kind of naturally gravitated towards those things, but I always also always prioritize my career. I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, to your, to your point about not doing this full time, mm-hmm. what am I going to do for 40 hours a week? I don't know. I can't do this event thing the entire time. There's only 52 weekends in the year. I can only be one person. I can't be in two places at once. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is now is that like a lot of the folks that are, are, are prominent in esports now, when, when, whenever I try to explain my job, people are saying like, are you like Ninja? Do you stream all the time? What do you stream on Twitch? And I'm like, listen, I don't stream all the time. I'm not a personality. I, I just do production. And where, where my sweet spot is, you know, I put on a show. I, I, I coordinate. I do logistics. I coordinate broadcast people all over the world. And sometimes there's, there's game logistics. You know, I need to get observers. I need to get people that are knowledgeable about the game. And so it's more like project management than anything else. And then I put it together. I get paid first and I walk away. You know, the, guy, the, the, the ninja guy, the summits of That's the world. nice. You know, uh, like they, they, if they don't stream, they don't, they don't eat. And like when people see like examples like, well, if you want to do this thing, you got to do this. Or, or another avenue that I, that I hear all the time is like, well, what games are you good at? You know, can you play Call of Duty? And I'm like, well, yeah, I can play Call of Duty, but I'm not the best. Right. And like League of Legends, like I'm not the best player in that. And like even if you are the best, there's a lot more things that have to go right in order for you to play professionally. And there's a lot of uh, stuff in between. So there's no like clear path from like, I'm good at Call so like so if you imagine like like trying to like say pursue a traditional sports realm right 
basketball, you're going to know in high school whether you're good enough to play the pros. And even then, there's a long grind to get there, right? And mm-hmm. then, you know, Hoop Dreams, that movie that came out, right? Like, like it's talking about the odds and the, 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 the odds and the luck of getting into that space, right? But there, I mean, there's some paths to like maybe be, be a semi pro or get, you know, call a scholarship, which is, which is good, right? Like it gives you some opportunity. But as far as like playing the NBA, yeah, that's that window is smaller. It's getting to be lottery odds. Same problem in esports right now. If I'm good at Le- League of Legends, what do I tell my parents? Hey, you know, I want to play League for professionally like because i'm 16 years old and i'm good at the game but what does that mean what is that path how much do i get paid what is what is my what does my career path look like you know do i become just a content creator as as some some may say to become an influence what is all that because there's just a lot of of stuff in between there's a lot of exploitation there's a lot of bad you know bad words and stories about people being exploited for for skills and being vulnerable and if you don't have that you know support or, or family structure you may not even have a chance to even do that and so like i think the biggest challenge is just just kind of solidifying what that career path looks like and then for me what i like to advocate for is like you don't have to be the best gamer you don't have to be um you, you don't you don't have to be the best gamer you don't have to do do something magnanimous you can just, just start small you can do you can be support you can be like there there are, there are esports psychologists out there now there's there's mm-hmm. there's pts that dr are, are, rachel cohort We've yep. had her on a few times. Yeah, and so like it's it's there, there there's so many other paths and careers that I think would I wish could be more highlighted. But the the glitz and the glamour, the the the, the fame, you know, is part of like well, I want to have the best you know channel on Twitch, and then the, what do you what, like? I, and 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 even that window is starting to shorten and close, right? As as far as like personalities and influences and everything else. And so like I mean, I'm lucky to be where I'm at, but like I've had to work very hard to get there. And again, people are seeing the finished product; they don't know the over a decade that I've had to build this from not only from my own skill set, but from you know, clients learning and failing, you know, like, like, like like doing things and failing fast and and learning from that. But like, I feel lucky in some aspects, but in other aspects, you know, I just feel like I've just had an opportunity to, to, to learn and grow and, you know, fail silently and, and, and also fail publicly as well. Well, and and here's an important, this is a question I hope is, is, um, it it doesn't surprise you, but there is no, it's no secret that the gaming community by and large, publicly at least as it is seen is male but predominantly white or asian um as a black man growing up in this industry and and developing your brand if you will and your spot um how is is it to fair is it fair to say there was struggle just in being the black man i'm sure maybe a lot of times you were the only one in the room um where, where did you find your I don't want to say voice, but your inspiration or that person that you looked to to say, because because even as you were talking about the pathway, right, you brought up basketball. And a lot of times I from my own work with a lot of black children, the messaging is either music or -hmm. sports. Right. Okay. You know, as as the way out, if you will. Right. How how did you, I guess, find your way to carve your path, a very different path to to your success in this industry? Well, the, the real biggest thing for me was that, like, I just didn't want to accept the fact that, that you know, bl- black people couldn't do this. Like, I really didn't want to accept that. It's like if I if I listen to everyone that it's taught and, and I, I've been told this on numerous occasions and it's very obvious. Right. It's just like especially on the production side, like the higher you get in there. Yeah, we can be talent. Right. But like, you know, as far as like running the show or like being that leader, you know, there's there's a huge barrier to that, that, that it, it's to me. And to me, it's insidious. Right. Because these folks are all trying to protect their own position. And 
where it's understandable. It's hundred percent understandable because we would do the same thing. But going back to your earlier point, for me, I started with I just didn't want to accept that I couldn't that I couldn't do this, right? And and, and most of the time when people are like, "Are you the black gamer? You're the black whatever," I'm like, "Listen, my name is Will. I have an identity, right? Like, so let's start there. I'm doing this because I am interested in it. And for the longest time, I didn't even allow my myself for permission to be involved in gaming because I was just like, "Well, I don't, you know, like." black people can't do this i can't be a black gamer or whatever but then what i when i started like just from that premise of like no i can do this and this is something that i'm interested in then i started allowing myself to be involved and to indulge and to be a to even be a fan right was was kind of the start and then i started seeing some voices you know like i saw you know like golden boy and, and Lick forte and like other people that were like were like on the scene in front of the camera as a matter of fact when 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 the overwatch league came in and Lick forte was like right there and doing this like i, I wanted him to be like a caster and a play-by-play caster but him being a host and staying there and being unapologetically black was like that was amazing to me. I was like, okay, there's a possibility, and that's all I needed really, just to just to spark and move forward. And so the last piece was just to like I tried to you know work my way up the ranks and do that stuff, but I kind of was running into the ceiling of that. And mm-hmm. so I said, okay, you know, during the pandemic, I was like, like screw it, I'm gonna try this. Um, I don't know if I if I'm the right person for this, but I'm gonna try it and see if it works. And then like it worked like wildfire and so now again i had this tournament series because of it but like i kind of had to believe in myself and and try it out and see what happens and then from there you know i started attracting the diversity candidates and now my mission as part of my production company is to to to, to build those those voices up to pre- represent the un- unrepresented and provide the opportunity even if it's small like it's it's very small in the grand scheme of things like the, the events that i do are are, are are pale in comparison to what other folks are, are been able to accomplish but it's important to those folks and they're able to use you know my my tournament series is not opportunity to leg up into other places and so it's great to see so like my mission is less about me and more about the folks that i get to support and bring up to bring up to the scene well that that's an amazing mission to have and, and i like the vision too of of being able again to <clears throat> bring everybody forward and and to see yourself as individuals not just see yourself as a black man as you said you, you, you said as you said i am will i am not a monolith i am not you know i right. am i am my own person um but let's let's kind of transition a little bit because um, when we're talking about your path, you you alluded to your your hyperactivity disorder, right? Um, let's talk about the epidemic of mental health challenges in our school and communities. What does that mean to you when I, when we when somebody says uh, what gaming is either meant to you as part of working with or working through mental health challenges? Or what has that meant to you growing up as as having your gaming community and 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 working through your own? Well, so when I talk about, about ADHD, I never really embraced that as a kid. Like like I, I had trouble focusing in in, in high, you know high school and college, and I, I had you know I had educational difficulties. I wasn't really special needs, but the, the the other fun fact about my life is I have a brother with autism, and autism wasn't a specific mental uh, uh, condition until later on. Like we, we we knew he was he was having trouble, we just didn't know how to help him. But now it's squarely in in the, in, the, in the realm of autism, so we can talk about that in another podcast. But the idea is that like I didn't think that that like I had that problem. I just had difficulty focusing in class sometimes and sometimes i would be disengaged but then once i figured out i had this you know adhd diagnosis then from there i can go well what careers are aligned towards that what things should i be involved in how do how do i how do i deal with this from a practical level and i think that that conversation is missing it's just like here here's a drug hope for the best you know put you know put boys ritalin hope for the best right like in in, in the black community you know like admitting that you have a mental health health issue is like what 
everybody's talking and like no one wants to talk about that. That that that, that to me is the to me is the biggest disservice of the community. It's like listen, we're all human. These are things that affect all of us, and this and, and ADHD is more prominent, right? So just like starting from there, saying you know ignore the 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 racial and family of origin component of it. Let's just talk about the disease itself and how we prepare our kids for the future and kind of do so like. Going down to going down to the gaming aspect of it, that's one thing that, that gaming gives gives you an opportunity to focus on. It's a skill. It's repetitive. You can play and like if you can hyper focus on that and get that motivation, that can lead into other skills like teamwork, communication, collaboration. You know all these things that people will talk about. In the, like you see, like corporate pamphlets is like you know, like is he a team player? Next Y and Z and like yeah, you know like, like can you imagine like building building a community of gamers and like you know having to meet your friends, having to practice on time, having to 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 get get better at the game objectively. You're not they're not people just like playing around and just like throwing slurs at each other and things like that. Just like like sometimes there's at least most of the teams and players that I worked with or back in the day or my friends we want to get better at the game that's why we practice and play it together and playing at a larger scale and, and more performance like that's the thing that's that's a motivating factor and i and i think instead of like thinking of this game is just a distraction or just you know like you know, do your homework don't don't play your games or whatever i'm like yeah play like play your games but it would be the same thing if these if everybody was playing basketball after school like to me gaming for me was like just as as as, as prominent so, as a social activity as playing pick up basketball on the court at home or like being involved in team sports in high school so like and i think that conversation is starting to happen now which is which is amazing because if you structure it like sports if you structure it if you put some structure around it that helps the adhd it helps with with with, with that team or stuff like that. it happens to be a video game yes it's a lot more than just high school and then we're talking about exposure and personality and, and everything else but like outside of it it's a great vehicle to, to address all of these things and i and, and it's starting to be i think that conversation is starting to happen these days well and let's you did bring up your brother yeah. um and let's let's touch on that for just a second uh, not speaking for your brother, but from your own observations, what have you, what has you seen? Have you seen gaming has meant for him <laughs> or for for the connection between the two of you? Even maybe that's be- maybe that's better focus for the question. Oh man, I got I got I got a really good story for this. And so, <laughs> as a kid, let's do it. I, I uh, we got a Sega Genesis as a kid, right? And like we, knew, we so this was embracing my. By the way, my family made it very clear that he was my brother. He wasn't special. He wasn't you know somebody. He wasn't other or anything else. He was my brother, and we treated him as such. He just you know just couldn't understand. And so my my dad um, really instilled to me about patience. He's a very patient person that that has been transferred to me as well. So we got our Genesis. We got like Sonic, you know, and we wanted to play Sonic and beat Sonic. Right. So like we're playing and trying to beat Sonic or whatever. And then my brother wanted to play. He didn't have the words. He didn't have the verbal, but he got visibly upset when he he couldn't play. And most of the time he would just sit there and he just would just press right. And and the character would go to the other side and and, and fall off on a pit. And, and, and and just, just, he just kept doing it. And we're like, come on, like learn, learn how to play or this is the way to jump. But we had to, learned that communication pattern so it got to the point where he was able he was able at a certain point after like i'd say two or three months of like playing on the genesis and like we can't play because my brother is playing you know kind of deal and having learned how to share but he was able to get past that first level and like you, you could see it light up in his eyes when he's like can figure out and, and so it so it meant something to them it meant something to him to as an accomplishment even though it was non-verbal and again he wouldn't be able to explain it to you but he got get a lot of joy from doing so and so like it was, it was just one of those things i remember was just a breakthrough it was just like he he on his own figured it out you know like like i don't know i don't know what i i, I couldn't tell you what as a study i couldn't i couldn't replicate it but for me i remember him like passing that first level it's like yeah cool awesome and then then he lost interest in that <laughs> <laughs> well and and what's amazing about what you're talking about too is again a lot of my work has been with with students of different abilities neurodivergent students um 
it's it's finding that thing that they are intrinsically motivated to do. Yeah. Because a lot of times, um, there's a lot of you can't do this. That's I think that's the messaging that a lot of of people with disabilities, neurodivergence here, you can't do this or. Uh, the biggest uh, pushback I would get from kids I would work with a lot of times is using assistive technology. They didn't want to use assistive technology. They just wanted to be able to write or type or, you know, speak or right. whatever. And what I'm hearing you say is that your brother, while non-communicative, wanted to not just play and beat this game, but wanted to feel like a, like normal. Like, as you said, yes. just that, that's your brother. That's he's, he's not my autistic brother. He right. is my brother. Right, exactly. And so, like, t- to me, that was, like, it was one of those things, like, I'm sure in, in the moment, I was, like, I was so annoyed, and I, re- I remember that, and I remember, you know, just, like, getting in trouble for it, but, but like, ultimately, you know, it's one of those things that I learned to accept. So you, you bring in that for me, I'm just, like, yeah, no, I, I totally remember that, and, you know, like, even, you know, to, to your point about the, about, the, about the conversation, yeah, it, 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 having assistive technology, the number of, like, like, like you know, Blind players, number of players that like you know are missing missing a limb, missing missing some digits, and able to play and contribute. It's it's it's, it's amazing story to see. Uh, also, so I mean, like it, it's it's getting there. Like it took it took a long time to have that conversation, but it's getting there. And for my brother, yeah, like I, like whatever he puts his mind to, I'm, I'm sure that he, he he can accomplish it. I think that's that's one of the big promises of Scholastic Gaming because if your brother was really interested in tackle football, let's say. You know, there, there's very little opportunity that he he would step onto a high school field and play tackle football. Um, but again, this this is creating authentic gaming and play experiences that resonate and create hopefully new neural pathways uh, for your brother and for you. And, and and as you said, you're you're learning empathy along the way. Yes. You're learning patience along the way. Those are the soft skills I think that a lot of people. When they talk about gaming and esports, they don't realize that there are those secondary traits that maybe you don't necessarily see it right away because it's not a direct impact on you, but it's a direct impact on everybody else. I think. Is. Yeah, sure. Um, but as we're lo- as we're um, moving on, what is a commonly held but in you know think we've talked a lot about finding game community, your business, building events. Um, but what is a commonly held but inaccurate belief about video games in the general public that you disagree with? Yeah, it's just this idea that it's it's for one personality and for one person, right? Like, and the stereotype is that you know I'm a, I'm a nerd, a basement dwelling nerd. You know, I'm still living at home with my parents. You know, like this is the only thing that I'm good at. I I don't have the soft skills. I can't be sociable. I don't have a girlfriend. You know, I'm good, like all this wonderful stuff. And I'm just like, listen, um, there are so many gamers out there. Like, like look, I am envious of the pro gamers, right? Because they're 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 pro gamers and like considering that's a, like a lesser skill, and they have the hottest girlfriends out there, right? Like when I see hungry. <laughs> box he's one of the best like 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 um you know best melee players in the world and like yeah he's 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 got the hot girl so i'm just like what i was like what trade did i miss you know kind of deal but either way it's like um the gaming gaming needs to expand to everyone and 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 even you can imagine companies that are creating these games now they're not creating games for people like me that are like hyper competitive and want to be at top of the ladder they're trying to create games that everyone gets to play in and and, and dive into whatever skill level because otherwise their product dies right so that's where you know, you hear about people's like, oh man, this game hasn't gone this way. You hear about this in the fighting game community as well. Oh, we're making these games easier, easier inputs and, you know, non-arcade sticks and pad players and all that stuff. I'm just like, listen, listen, listen. 
these companies are smart. They're, these companies are trying to survive and to survive, they need to appeal to a wider audience. And I think there's a lot more engagement, especially to me that the thing that, that surprised me is like Fortnite, for example, right? That's a very hard game to understand and comprehend and learn. But I don't even try to build anymore. Right, like, right. But can you imagine the like the thirteen year olds that are so like 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 they, they want the skins, they want the want the dances, and they're probably losing in the first five minutes of every game. But they are engaged. They're engaged with the community. They're engaged with the social media stuff like that. And so like you know, God bless to be honest with you. But that's one of those things to like you like pay attention, people. Like this is, this is happening now. The other side of this too is. I, I do think, for example, like some of the loot box stuff, right, is 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 exploiting that that reward center, you know, and, and, and I, I do object some to, to some of those. Like, listen, talk, focus more on the game and the community and less about that. But like, that is the model, unfortunately, for some of these games to work. So like Fortnite, you know, League of Legends, you're buying little trinkets, little microtransactions and stuff like that. Yeah, targeting that towards children, that's a problem, right? But if you can control those impulses and if you can say like, hey, you know, listen, you can't buy a, a, a new skin every time it comes out. You can, we, we, we can't afford it. And like, learning to manage your money and impulses and everything else, that could be, be transferred out. But but, I, but like outside of that, it just, I, I got tired of it, especially earlier on in my life, right? It's just like, you know, you're going to esports events. You know, you must be one of those people. I'm like, listen, I, I'm sitting across from somebody's parents, you know, like, like, I, I, like I work with Counterlogic Gaming, you know, the, 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 you know, their parents are supportive of their players. And it's just, it's an engagement for everybody. And like, we're, we're, everybody's trying to figure out how do we appeal to a larger audience, not only on the gaming side, but on the broadcast side as well. And I think that's extremely fascinating. I think we're, I don't think we figured it out as of yet, but when the person does, we start feeling arenas to, to watch folks. I know I'm going to enjoy it because I mean, I was at the World Championship for league of legends like i was screaming my ears off right and, and i can imagine someone looking at me outside going like why is everybody here what is so exciting about this what's going on right and that's where it starts but just like i, I think it's just the biggest thing is that there's this that in the past there's just this very negative perception personality attachment to it and also too like the, the biggest problem is like when something bad does happen first thing they want to say is like we're well, playing violent video games and like mm -hmm. you're killing people online and so what does that mean is a larger context in, in conversation and still again still hasn't been resolved and it, it's it's hasn't popped up as of recent but like because there, there is more diversity in gaming out there and, and places to play but like i want to get away from the stereotype that like it's only one person it's only one type you know you you can you take what you can from it and you, you, you want to talk about gaming in a certain aspect we can say the same thing about reality tv shows right like we can say the same thing about any other indulgences in the human mind right they, they, these are all things that like in excess can be a problem but if you manage it you manage those expectations correctly it can be a good thing and so i think for gaming it, it, it has a bright future because you know I, I, the last thing i will also say is like whenever i go to like a, a arcade bar and i see people on their phones and they're looking at the arcade games and they're like oh that's <laughs> that's old man toys right and stuff like that but i'm like the reason why you have a cell phone today is because these are don't 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 hate don't disrespect well and, and again let's let's go back to especially about the fighting game community aspect you yeah, did yeah. bring up Fortnite, and you said boy this game is so complicated yeah uh, today is december 3rd i guess december 1st was the 50th anniversary for pong yeah. now people are probably going oh pong yeah that's 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 an old game it's 50 years old well understand that i mean if you want to talk about the launch of the fighting game community yeah. It's pong. It's pong. It is two quarters, two people, one little ball hitting. It. And the brilliance of pong fell into Nolan Bushnell, who started Atari. You know, make it simple to play, but difficult to master. Yes. So when you think about pong, it is, you know, you, your grandmother could pick up pong. I mean, they sold, uh, you know, they sold a whole lot of home units just to play. Not there were cartridges or anything. The home right. pong version. You know, play it on your TV. 
it, I think what people I get intimidated by, especially in the fighting game community, is that these games are super complex. Um, but I mean, I was not a great Street Fighter 2 player, I'll just say. I, I blew many a quarters on Street <laughs> Fighter 2 while my friend, uh, who was a very good Street Fighter 2 player, could sit there with one quarter and just, you know, rack up yeah. everything on everybody. Um, it, what is a what is a misconception I guess people have about the fighting game community right now? Because you did talk about the, you know, the subgenre of anime fighting games, and I just brought up Pong. What is what is one I guess a big secret in the fighting game community? I'm throwing a curveball at you because I did not let you yeah. prep for this question. Uh, well, well, that, that's fine. I'm 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 here for a man. I'm totally here for that. Look at it like this. Like, I think that that. When we talk about the fighting game community in a whole, as a as a whole, you're seeing like the top level play. Those are the folks that get on stream. Those are the folks that are playing. And like, there's not really a concept of a professional fighting game player, even though they do exist, right? But think about like Evo, for example, right? When people are like like looking at Evo, well, tell, going, let's let, explain to the educators what is Evo. Oh, my, my bad. So Evo is is considered the, the, like a, a Super Bowl for us. It's one of the largest fighting game tournaments in the world. It's in Vegas. Um, usually ten, you know, all, all, like five to six thousand competitors plus come to play from all over the world. And um, usually, for for the longest time, Street Fighter was the pinnacle game. It was the last game of the night. Um, legends have been made on the broadcast. The whole, the, the whole nine yards, but. Um, as of recent, that that's not has not been the final game. It's been more Tekken, Tekken than anything else. Tekken's another fighting game that's come from, come out of Japan. It's a little bit different culture, but um, the idea is that, like most people were being measured by you know how they did at Evo effectively, right? They could play well everywhere else in the world, right? But if they go to Evo and they don't make it to like top eight, well, they're obviously not that good of a player. And you have to consider now that like if I enter a bracket, let's say for Street Fighter, like when Street Fighter Five came out, I believe there are five thousand players in that bracket it's a double elimination bracket and for those those you know um those uneducated if you're playing in a single elimination bracket you have like eight let's say you have eight eight teams of players they play against each other at a certain rank it's like march madness you're one and mm-hmm. done right like one and done. Once, yep. you're, you're out of the tournament and can you imagine the drama behind that and now expand that to five thousand players individual players and skill sets um and you if you lose twice you're out so if you start getting into like like the larger echelons, you get the top eight or top 32, uh, 32 players remaining, you have to be almost lottery odds now to get that far and get that far ahead. And also, considering the complexity of the game, one bad matchup, one bad character matchup, there's debates in the community. It's like, which character is better than the other? If we, if we were to, to run the simulation like you know, th- three times with similar skill and ability – it's just a you know t- like eight two matchup or seven three matchup. When we when we say seven three, it's like seven times out of ten. If I pick this character versus this character, I'm going to win. If I know how to master the character, but that doesn't take into, into account like how well do you play, fatigue, mental health, fitness, all these things going to be happening in the moment. There could be somebody with a balloon popping behind you, and it's like oh my god, I missed this move as something while inside. But to to get back to your original question, I just want to just, just say real quickly. I think that like people see the high level play and they get distracted on, on to not play. But I will I will point to Mortal Kombat for as an example, right? Regardless of how popular other game, fighting games are, people are like, oh my god, I love I, play, I know how to play Mortal Kombat because all they want to do is win the round, and do the fatality, and that's that's the that's the result, that's the reward, and stuff like that. And so like. Um, Another realm was the, the company behind it. it. Used to be called Midway uh, Midway Gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they're 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 eating good, and then they could they could play. You know, they could run that turn run that game. More Combat Eleven is is the, the current game out. They could run that for for eternity. People will still play it, but like the 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 larger audience will play that game because people have like some level of skill. You talk about like Street Fighter, right? Like if you get, you if you want to play, right? Uh, some of the old old the the old schoolers, we're gonna call it that, are like man. I played in an arcade, and like, so you have to put that quarter up. You have to take a risk. You have mm-hmm. to, you know, stand in line. You know, you might lose. You might have to wait like a half an hour to come back and play the game. You can play on a, on a stick and, and, and buttons. Now you have like pads. Now you have other ways of like inter- interacting and playing with the game. And so I would say, like, if you're if you're intimidated, don't be intimidated. Like, start start with the, you, your folks. Start with your community. Like, like play the games that you want to play. Like, there are some people that like I'm not, they're they're not good at Street Fighter, but they're good at Guilty Gear. They're not good at um, Guilty Gear, but they're good at. Um, samurai showdown which is like your know, swords and stuff like that or soul caliber which is like a more weapon based game and so like there's just so much diversity out there when we go to evo every year there's not only the nine games happening on stream but there's also like a lot of side tournaments for different games and people come out like people come out and play and they're like 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 various specialists so i wouldn't measure my skills or abilities based on what i see online i would measure it by like hey how well am i doing against other people and i would just dive in and play just ignore ignore the noise and the the base from these folks because we're just we're just being nerds about it we're not like it's not representative of the larger population well, and for every, I think this is an important point too. For every game, there is that leaderboard. Let's talk about arcade games in particular. There is that yeah. leaderboard. There's always a high score. I, I, the only one I could think of that was a video game that wouldn't have posted a high score was like a Dragon's Lair, right? Yeah, something right. that. But even a game like Nibbler, and yeah. if you don't know what Nibbler is, go look it up. It's an old arcade game. They have a. There's a world record holder somewhere in the world in Nibbler. There's going to be that record uh, world record holder in just about any other game if there's a score to it. Um, Will, before we get out of here, I wanted you to talk very briefly. Unfortunately, we're, we 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 we've got a lot to talk about. But EBN Esports, yes, promote the heck out of that. What is EBN? So EBN does it stands for the English Broadcasting Network. This is something I just came up with. But we uh, we run we're an online uh, production and tournament organization. Um, so so, so uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. I never had this 60-minute 60, 60 pitch because like what we're really focused on is we, we we throw we throw great events. We work with our partners. Uh, we we have currently uh, Blonde Gaming Arenas, which we've thrown events for, and we also try to take care of like logistics and, and online productions. So, like we will build out packages, we'll train people, and so like the big biggest pinnacle for our event is what's called the 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 overwatch invitational which is going to be happening in january we're going to, it's it's one of the largest uh, amateur overwatch tournaments in the world and so people have we had 13 teams last last summer show up in person after like being online for almost two years and so we're gonna have more people show up uh this time around so we're hoping to have like 20 to 30 teams just 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 travel on their own dime to come play in a competitive in this community uh with, with overwatch so with overwatch 2 coming out you know it's kind of a re- revitalization of the community outside of that we've part partnered with colleges we've partnered, partnered with high schools we've partnered with other brands you know we, we, we've worked with some of the larger uh esports organizations out there and just like say hey we can take care of your production we can take care of your tournament organization we worked with uh i work with another company called Landfest, which does uh charity organizations we work with them all the time um and we just we're just we're just like that arts like if you want something like to, to like to take this complexity of esports and kind of like build it something deliverable and actionable and, and relatable that's something we can do well, and, and is in our pre-chat, uh, you know, it seems like you never get away from the events and hospitality industry. No. You've been trying to, and it keeps just pulling you back because that's what this is. This is yeah. this is about an invitation to play, and it has to be good. If 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 it's a cruddy invitation to play, nobody's going to show up. Right. Uh, and where is this event going to take place, Will? 
So it's going to be at the Blonde Gaming Arena in Schaumburg, Illinois. It's just uh, northwest suburbs of Chicago. It's right by O'Hare. Uh, it's a pretty nice spot. We have uh, 60 PCs there, and uh, the Blonde folks uh, love to take care of us. But yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be huge. We're looking to looking to run this event over the Martin Luther King weekend. So like, I believe it's January 14th through the 16th. If my operations guy doesn't uh, admonish me about it, uh, and uh, hopefully, um, if we if we do this right, we'll 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 have uh, we're gonna have a broadcast as well. It's gonna be on my channel for Twitch.tv. Uh, Will English IV for everything for social media and uh, yeah, lo- like look- looking to have a good time. And there's also some other stuff that's coming up which I can't talk about uh, publicly. But uh, when we when we announce it, it'll be on my social media. But it's gonna it's it's, it's gonna be huge, and I think it's gonna be you know, kind of kind of kind of life changing. But if, if I don't if I, if I say so myself, but yeah. Well, and to find Will everywhere, it is always Will English IV or as I say, Will English the fourth. Will English, and he says Will English the fourth as well. Yes. (laughs) Will English the fourth, thank you so much for being a guest on the Academy of Esports podcast today. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. That will do it for this week on the Academy of Esports. I've been your host, James O'Hagan. Esports are organized competitive video games, allowing schools to redefine their athletic culture, diversify opportunities for student participation, promote good physical and mental health, increase collegiate scholarship pathways, and play games. We can never forget the importance of play. The mission of the Academy of Esports is to support these ideals. The vision of the Academy of Esports is for all students to experience the fun and joy of playing competitive video games. You may follow me on Twitter, at Jim O'Hagan. That's at J-I-M-O-H-A-G-A-N and through the Academy of Esports account at TAO Esports. It's a great way to get the latest blog posts, podcast episodes, and news coming out of esports and education. And remember, you can continue your engagement by going to www.taoesports.com. You can also connect through Facebook at www.facebook.com T-A-O Esports. Thanks again for listening, and I look forward to our time again next week.